Hey y'all, how we doing? Shout out once again to Bear Nation for tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. I am your host, Rob Napoli. The Bear Necessities is a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks to talk about what it takes and means to launch, create, and scale business across the world. We talk about the journey and the challenges of being entrepreneur-minded and how that translates into your journey giving you the tools and knowledge to overcome challenges that you may be facing in your life's journey. The Bear Necessities is part of the Rise Up Media family. We thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get into the show. How are we doing, Bear Nation? We are back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. And today should be a lot of fun. I just, uh, we just got done kind of doing our, you know, pre-show talk and chat and had a lot of fun with my guests for the day from for today <laughs> i'm going to butcher your last name so rita how do you pronounce your last name Messereno. Messereno, i love it <laughs> rita Messereno is a biomedical engineer with expertise in business development and a really strong passion for the human brain after specializing in neurosciences rita co-founded a company called navarro where she's now the ceo Alongside her fierce team, they're working on changing the status quo of how mental health is perceived and dealt with. Rita, say hello to Bear Nation for me. Hi, everyone. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for the invitation. You bet. I'm excited and have been excited because we met October of last year in 2021 at the She Loves Tech event. Uh, I was a judge on that jury. Uh, you presented uh, and pitched and made it to the final round and uh, took second, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I think uh, it was third. Placed, <laughs> third. Placed, I remember you placed in the top three. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know we've kind of stayed in touch a little bit since then. And I remember then, and I'm, that's why I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I love the topic, mental health. So the first question I have for you is why the fuck as a biomedical <laughs> medical engineer with a specialized specialization in neurosciences decided to co-found her own company like what you could have gone off and like went into the workforce yeah. and made a ton of money like what made you want to focus on this and start this company that's a great question and actually it goes even further than that uh, i i wasn't really sure i wanted to be a biomedical engineer and throughout my master's degree, I started having like some classes on neurosciences, on the human brain. And I started saying, okay, that's what I like. That's what I want to explore a little further. Uh, and even more than that, we started exploring what kind of technology was applied in psychiatry, in psychology. And what a surprise, you look at that and there is none. There is no technology. There is no innovation in those fields. So we started thinking, what can I do to improve this? So the first step that we tried to do was to understand how you're feeling through your body's response, through your physiological mm -hmm. response, be it the, your brain activity, your heart rate, your breathing rate. What can we retrieve from your physiological activity that tells me what, how you're feeling? Mm -hmm. That would allow us to understand really the problem and not only based on um, self-reporting. So it, mm -hmm. it's way more accurate than that. So that was the first step, trying to understand this. By being a biomedical engineer, I have both sides of engineering, tech, but also medicine and this, this part. So that was mm -hmm. 
what showed me really the value of uh, the the masters I was taking, uh, and I had a, a lot of um, support, especially from the the teacher that was uh, teaching that class of neurosciences. Mm-hmm. He's a little crazy; he's like a fire starter, always igniting mm-hmm. you, and mm-hmm. he did that to me. Um, so by by doing a simple project in university, uh, he stimulated me to turn that into what Novario is today. So we started exploring, I started going to some contests, speaking about the idea, it started gaining some proportions. Um, mm-hmm. Then in parallel, I developed my master thesis on the project as well. So I developed the algorithms, I started doing an MVP, uh, testing it, and it was really um, feeding the beast inside. So I started seeing what it could be, uh, and then eventually we created Navarro and here we are today. I love it. That's so much to unpack there, right? Um, one of the things I love about the show and my listeners know is that I love to bring on kind of non linear career path path type people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's great. Like I, we have people that go to school, they want to be an entrepreneur and like we love hearing those stories. But we also love to hear those stories of like how somebody who goes to school for something completely different. Yeah finds their way into being an entrepreneur and not even knowing it because of something like this, because you took a class, because you had doubts. And I think, you know, one of the things that I love my university experience and, you know, there's a lot that I learned there, but I didn't go get a master's till five years after because I needed to take time to like go learn about what I liked and didn't like. And we sometimes try to declare what we want to do at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And we still haven't experienced a lot. So Sometimes we go to school for something and we learn that's not what we want and that's okay too, right? I love that. And we all need that fire starting professor who's like, hey, let's push that. So I love this. So did the idea behind Navarro, did you start and co-found the company while you're still at university in your master's? Did that happen right after? Like, when did that like idea like, okay, we want to do this and like, let's try to make a company. How did that formulate? Yeah. So I started, so the master's was two years. I started in the first one doing this, starting developing the technology. Uh, but we started seeing the potential by then. So I enrolled in, um, in a contest actually from the innovation department of that faculty uh, in Lisbon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won first place. So for the most innovative idea, uh, it was a, a small prize, but it really showed us that there's the possibility to turn this into something. So by then I was starting to develop it more, to do some clinical testing on the solution mm-hmm. we were uh, creating. And at the same time, uh, we started taking like classes in an acceleration program. Um, actually, that was a crazy year. So I was in Lisbon studying. I was doing the clinical testing in Beja, which is mostly south of Portugal. And then mm-hmm. I was doing this... Um, acceleration program in Braga, which is in the north. So every week mm-hmm. I would go north, center, south, north, center, south. It was crazy. It really took like the will to keep it going. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's as I was saying, it was feeding the beast inside. So I, I had no idea I wanted to create a company. Uh, I was I have always been in the science field. I, I was taking engineering classes, uh, but then I started exper- experiencing it. And I started liking it. So I was, start- mm-hmm. let's, let's take it. Let's roll up our sleeves and see where this can go. 
Um, of course, of course, my family was like, are you crazy? Students that, you that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did those closest to you, your family, those around you, your schoolmates, like what did they what did they say to you and how did they react as you yeah. are transitioning and doing all these crazy things? Like what was that experience like for you and and what was your kind of response back to them? Yeah. So on the one hand there's the family. Uh, of course they always support me. But they actually make it quite hard as well, because shouldn't you be doing something more stable? Shouldn't you be focusing more on your on your, your thesis, on, on school? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my mother is really like always saying these kind of things. Um, of course, she su supports anyway the decisions I take. Uh, but <laughs> she's always like uh, worried about the continuity, yeah. about stability about everything um on the side of the friendships of friends that were seeing what was happening um i co-founded the company with the professor and a colleague francisca we are now inseparable we didn't know each other before but now yeah um and by then in the beginning uh we were four students of biomedical engineering and we were the four of us starting to see the potential of the idea but mm -hmm. only me and francisca were actually believing it could turn into a business. So what happened here was like everyone saying, are you crazy? Do you think a kid like you will be able to create a company out of it? Uh, mm -hmm. So they left the team and it left us only me and Francisca doing the, the work that we had to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it was extremely hard because not only we had to do everything, but also manage going to everywhere at the same mm -hmm. time and do the academic work, the, the other part, everything. But I, I, I don't know. I think it's resilience. Is the, the, we really wanted to, to see where we could go with this. And I don't regret the single thing we did. <laughs> so I have one, I appreciate you sharing that story with us because, you know, I know very well, <laughs> how influential family could be. I remember yeah. when I, I had a, you know, I understand stability and especially from our parents' generation, mm -hmm. right? I'm a millennial. You're probably at that Gen Z, I'm late millennial, early Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, you're right on that borderline of like, you're exactly. kind of both. Um, stability is really important. And when I decided to go back and get my master's, the impetus was I met my now wife in small town, Iowa. She was like three months in, hey, I'm moving to Europe to get my master's. We either break up or you come with me. Like my, my audience knows that. Um, and I chased her to Italy and I had a six figure salary. I just bought a house. I had that stability and it wasn't it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And what I realized and what I love that you have the same mindset is that you have a great background and you have skills that money can be made. Like you can go get stability. Mm -hmm. You can always go find stability. Exactly. What you can't always do is find these great ideas, these fire, this, this something inside you, that beast inside that you said that makes mm -hmm. you want to go take this. The fact that even when people were jumping ship saying, I don't think you could do it. You're like, mm -hmm. fuck it. I'm going to go show them how that's <laughs> exactly. That's really exciting. And so, you know, as you're going through this and you have all these things kind of happening, you're going through masters, you're doing a thesis, you have people leaving, you have pressure from your family, you're traveling, you know, you and Francesca were kind of building this out. What were the major, what were the major things that you owned 
and she owned. Like, how did you split that up so that you could mentally handle that load? And mm-hmm. what was that like on your own mental health as you're developing a company on mental health mm-hmm. through all these challenges and stress? Yeah. Uh, in, in the beginning, we actually kind of struggled a little bit because we we both wanted to do everything. Yeah. Uh, that, that's something that usually happens with founders, at least when they are not experienced. Um, we were both ambitious. We both wanted to start something. We, we were co-CEOs. We were co-everything. We did everything together and we split tasks in half. We didn't split tasks. So uh, it was quite complicated uh, in the meantime when we started mm-hmm. growing and having more things to do and more different kinds of tasks. Because, for example, I'm more communicative and I'm more like go and networking and do this part. Francisca is really good at writing and she's amazing. I can't believe how fast she can focus and start typing. Um, yeah. we, we really have different skills. We complement each other really well. But in the beginning, we didn't know how to do that. So how to mm-hmm. separate it in a healthy way. Um, mm-hmm. People always ask, oh, don't you fight about who's going to have this or that? But no, we, it just happened naturally. We, of mm-hmm. course, we had a lot of mentoring. We had a lot of something that we are proud of. And usually people also criticize a little bit is that we every time we have an opportunity, we take it and we go and we learn from it. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of acceleration programs. We did a lot of mentoring and a lot of that. So we really grew. So we had a, um, have an academic background in engineering, but we missed, we lacked completely the parts of the, of the business, of the entrepreneurial world. So we yeah. wanted to learn that. We did and we, and we learned. Um, and of course, that was a step we needed to take to separate the tasks, to grow into the positions we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I love that. You know, one of the things that I've talked about before and I like to share is my my company, Happy Group, which recently got acquired. My business partner and I, we met in 2017 and we're friends. And when we decided to start a business together and really kind of go in, you know, we sat down and had a deep conversation about what we both expected, what we thought we could own, who did what and how to split that those mm-hmm. duties up because we were the same way. We were both very ambitious. And I think it's really important that you guys learn that y'all learn through this. And I love that you two went through this process is that you need to compliment each other and know that you need to hire people that can fill in the gaps and you need to really be clear on, Hey, you own this, I own that. At the end of the day, you have the final say and I'm going to back you. And you let those skills and things happen because then you can kind of go split and attack the market and Mm -hmm. really reduce that mental load exactly, and allow you to focus on the areas of expertise. So I love that you shared that, you know, how did, you know, coming from a place of mental health, did you ever feel overwhelmed or a part where you wanted to give up and how did you kind of focus on overcoming and adapting through the ending of schooling into the launch of the company Mm -hmm. and now where we are today? Yeah. I, th- I think we, we had like two big moments of almost giving up. Uh, the first was when those colleagues, really in the beginning, when we were four and then all of a sudden we were two and mm-hmm. we, we didn't know anything. We needed to learn everything from zero and we really thought we were not capable of doing it on our yeah. own ourselves. But then again, the fire starter teacher was there and uh, we did it. We kept on going. 
um, we were like, we, I started this journey with 21 years old. Francisco was 22. Uh, so we were really, yeah, we were child, children here starting to, mm-hmm. not children, but you get what I, what I, what I mean. So, yeah. uh, of course we are two girls going to a man's world of business. We have always been seen as like, uh, the first, uh, exploration program we did, everyone mm-hmm. was so much older than us. It was like 80% men. Uh, we, we weren't taken seriously in the beginning. So that also made us doubt ourselves. Of course, mm-hmm. we were struggling with that, but we, we were really taking it as a um, learning moment. So we were there to learn. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they think of us. They accepted us for some reason. So we were there and we learned. We started building our network. We started going to the events, knowing some people. We also joined really early an European network of innovation in healthcare. So we mm-hmm. had not only events in, in Portugal, but also outside throughout Europe. It started opening a lot of doors for us. And when people started knowing us and noticing what we were actually doing, we stopped being just those two girls that think they do stuff to the, the women that actually get things done. So that was really an accomplishment mm-hmm. moment like that we could um, set those grounds. Uh, but another moment where we struggled as well was when we had everything. We started having some clinical validation, the first proofs. We were developing our master thesis. We were taking a little too long to write it because we needed to be stable to be writing and typing everything. Mm-hmm. But we were moving forward to have some clinical trials in a clinical setting with a lot of patients when COVID hit. And all of a sudden, we couldn't go to the hospital. We couldn't be with the clinicians. We couldn't be with the patients. We couldn't prove the value of our solutions like that. So we gave a step back. We were like, what should we do now? We can't do anything like this. Uh, how how will, we, will we move forward? And uh, it was some tough weeks, the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, two, three weeks. Then we rolled up our sleeves and we started doing something completely new. So the solution I presented in the She Loves Tech competition that you saw, Oli, mm-hmm. so the smart brain that works, works as a personal trainer for our mental health journey, uh, mm-hmm. he was born during the pandemic. So we started seeing the challenges that companies and the teams were having on managing people, on suddenly working from home, everyone, without the, uh, the interaction of the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And also, notice we already knew that because we were already working in the field, but uh, the thing that people don't know what to do. They, mm-hmm. like, you can do a lot of things before your mental health issues turn into something uh, mm-hmm. that's a problem. So we started developing this tool so we could capacitate people on what to do. Like, you have it in your pocket, you are struggling, you look at it and you start doing your journey, a day-to-day mm-hmm. journey where you can improve our, yourself. We started doing that because we started seeing some things on ourselves. So I, mm-hmm. I have a personal story that maybe I, I presented that in the, on the pitch. You, you already know it, of course. Yeah. So I started shaking a, a lot. Like I'm a really active person. I, I walk a lot. I go outside. But I was just sitting at home every day mm-hmm. working on my computer and everything. And of course, an entrepreneurial life is a really stressful life, as you know, as well. Yes. Um, and I started shaking. There was, I remember perfectly a day when I was trying to type on my computer and my hands were like this, like I started panicking because I, I didn't know what to do. So I, how did mm-hmm. I get this far? And I went to the doctor and he just said, here, take those pills. 
it will be gone every day. Like you take one before your day started, starts and it, you will be perfect. And of course, I accepted that because he's a doctor, he's wearing his um, doctor clothes and I just yeah. get out of the office and I started thinking, like, how does this happen? Like, I work in this field and I just accepted it without questioning it. So yeah. that really opened the door again for this, this new, this pivoting of our solution. We are still using our technology, our algorithms of physiological recognition of uh, anxiety biomarkers to shape the course of the, of the journey of the people, of the person in the coping uh, mm -hmm. strategies. But now uh, to this more preventive approach, to this capacitating approach for people to know what to do when they need it on their day-to-day -day lives. I love that you shared that. And I think that's really important for us to kind of hear is, is that this was born out of, you know, not only because you had these clinical trials and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. that kind of went, you know, went down and then you guys are kind of struggling through all of these things, thinking about, because there's two sides of this, right? There's the clinical side, which I think is important, right? Like we need to have mm -hmm. the data and the clinical piece to back it up. And we know that these things are, are a huge issue, but there's the practical application. A lot of times it's hard to go from clinical to practical. And where do we have tools that allow us to leverage that time yep. away in a way that makes sense versus, you know, just pulling up Instagram and mindlessly scrolling? How okay. do we leverage a tool that is going to practically work for us? Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought was really cool. And almost to a point where the pandemic was crazy and caused a lot of things, but also allowed you to take a step back and think yeah. practically through own experience, how, how can we make this tool really work in a mm -hmm. way that you could do easily? And that I think is something that sometimes the biggest challenges that hit us are where the best innovation comes Come from. from. Exactly. Because it, it get kind of pressurizes you to figure out and take a step back and think, how do we practically do this? Yeah. And so I appreciate sharing that. I think that's really awesome. And I think this is a good quick moment to kind of take a second to really explain what Navarro is, like what is Navarro Tech and, and, and what you're building. So maybe give us a little overview of, of the actual uh, company and platform. So I started sharing a little bit already, but so <laughs> our main goal at Navarro is turning mental health tangible. So something that usually is really up in the air or also lame, we are showing that the science, there is science backing it up. If you do this, your body will be like that and that will improve mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, so there's something that we really value is being really straightforward, deconstructing everything, like showing the science behind what will uh, a breathing exercise do to your oxygen rate, uh, carbon mm -hmm. dioxide, what, how will that impact your body and how many times you should do it because of, yeah. So we really focus on, on delivering the message, on deconstructing mm -hmm. um, the concepts and also being really positive and uh, engaging. So we really have a lot of bright colors. We have, uh, we really work on that side of it because um, it doesn't have to be always that, that dark thing that uh, yeah. just problem. So we all have a brain, we all need to take care of it. So that's really our mission here. Uh, and also based on not only on how are you feeling, what what do you want to do, but also on how is your breathing, how is your heart rate, how is mm -hmm. your how are you feeling physiologically? Mm -hmm. So what do you need to do to improve it? Uh, so it's really this quantification 
and positive approach for mental health that we are focusing on. Uh, as I said before, we have a really scientific background. We are a spin-off <laughs> of the University of Lisbon. Um, we started in a more uh, specific and clinical setting. But yeah, with the pandemics, we pivoted for this more preventive approach to delivering <laughs> this tool to everyone everywhere. We are starting slowly through companies. We are uh, currently working with managing uh, mental health of employees of uh, <laughs> large companies. But our goal in the, in the long run is to first start also to being a complement to um, mental health therapists, so psychologists and psychiatrists, and even longer run, uh, being available to everyone everywhere that wants to do this mental health management. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, that's really exciting. And why I bring that up is we were talking pre-show that you're in this proof of concept phase. You've got a lot of, you know, tests going on and, and kind of first client um, proof of concepts happening. You're in fundraising mode, you know, really kind of at that next inflection point of going full scale to market with with the solution. And, yeah. you know, how does that I guess what has that process been like for you uh, what challenges have you faced or what are you most excited for as you're actually seeing all this work that you've put in for these last couple of years kind of turn the page into, holy shit, we're live, we're going, yeah. we're, we're out there, we're looking for investment to scale faster. Like, what's that been like and, and, and how has that made you feel like seeing this all ha finally happen? Yeah, so every day we doubt ourselves, every day we struggle, are, are we doing it this right, is this, going to be successful or not. Uh, the first really proud moment we had was uh, last September when we we weren't launching, but we had our first giant client. So it was a company mm -hmm. with 35,000 employees. So it was a really like we were forced to, to have it ready. So we were approached mm -hmm. by the um, people of management of that company. Um, mm -hmm. And we, they were like, so we would like a solution that will do this. And we said, oh, ours does this and that and that and that. And they say, do you have it ready to start by that date? And we let says, of course, we, we have it. <laughs> we, we didn't have, um, <laughs> and we needed to have it. So we were like <laughs> running against the clock. Uh, one of our, our, our CTO actually got married in the meantime, and he had his honeymoon and we we're like, oh my God, how are you going to pull this up? <laughs> but we did it. <laughs> we, we have to, we did it. Um, mm -hmm. and we've been doing that pilot so far and it has been, a, uh, has been an amazing experience with a lot of struggles, of course, a lot of fires to put out, but, mm -hmm. um, it's really what they say. It's not a cliche. If you are not, a, you are not ashamed of your first, uh, product, you are doing, aren't doing something wrong. So you should just yeah. launch it and do it and then iterate and improve it as you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I, I, <laughs> I know it's not a cliche and, and, and I say this all the time and I can't tell you how many, you know, working with founders from all over the world all the time, I can't tell you how many times people are waiting for like the perfect product. Yeah. And if you wait till perfect, it's too late. Exactly. Get good out, get feedback, iterate and move quickly. It's the only way that you can really take a product to market and leverage it for the market because if you're waiting for a perfect product market fit, Someone it's not going to happen. You're, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you're on that same page and it's exciting. <laughs> Again, a pressurized moment. Hey, yeah, we can do this. We'll have a yeah. demo that day. Shit, how do we do this? Let's fucking go, <laughs> exactly. right? And, and, and that, you know, it's that ambition, it's that drive. 
that's what gets you going and that's yeah, what exactly. takes you to new heights and that's just really exciting yeah. about where navarro is going and why i wanted to get you on the show to, <laughs> to talk about your journey and, and these high pressure situations and you've just been running so fast so hard for so long what does 2022 look like for you and what does what does rita the entrepreneur do for her own mental health to take a step back mm-hmm. so uh, this year 2022 I hope will be the year where we really enter the market. So we launch something that we created from scratch and we are putting it out there. That's that's mm-hmm. like a dream come true. Let's see if that happens. I hope so. Uh, mm-hmm. So far, we've been bootstrapping. We've been all, uh, winning some grants. We've been winning some contests. So that's how we've been uh, managing so far. But this will also be the year where we are closing our first funding round. So that's we are also trying to to fight that battle so it's a a year of a lot of um things happening Uh, a lot to go wrong but a lot a lot could go right as well so it's it's as you were saying it's this uncertainty and this risk that also keeps us going of Mm -hmm. course it's hard but when you get it when you the dopamine the discharge of dopamine that you get when you manage to accomplish it it's incredible um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's, it's really good after all about my mental health. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I was saying, I struggled a little bit with the pandemics because I'm a really social person. I like to mm-hmm. go out and be with people and we of course couldn't do that. Um, so I had, I started strangling a little bit as I was mentioning as well, the, the, the story before, uh, but uh, something that as we as the restrictions are laying down and we are coming back slowly to the our our lives our new normal mm-hmm. lives uh we started traveling again we started having uh face to face appointments again uh i really like to travel as well and mm-hmm. uh, that's something that really really um <laughs> I'm missing the word, sorry. Invigorates, excites, <laughs> exactly, motivates. Exactly. Motivates yeah. me. So that's been uh, amazing as well. And mm-hmm. also, um, I would like to do more exercise, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's really something that helps you channeling your your frustrations, letting it all mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- for me, it's that and also going out with friends. So <laughs> I love it. I try to believe it. Both. <laughs> Do you have any trips coming up for this year that booked in 2022? Yeah. So actually that's something that I'm struggling with because we had none for a long time and suddenly everything is happening and you should come here and you should come there. So mm-hmm. I just found out that I'm going to Barcelona in the end of this month. Uh, and then like a week and a half after I'm going to Turkey. So yeah, already a busy schedule. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, you know, f- I'm excited too because my wife and I are finally traveling again. We've, you know, we've traveled in the United States to go back home for stuff, yeah. but obviously not traveling, traveling. Like we're actually headed to Milan, okay. uh, finally going back to Milan. I was in Milan in 2020, in February 2020, that week of Fashion Week when everything okay. kickstarted in yeah. Italy. And, you know, I had to get back here and then everything locked down here. So, you know, I didn't get to really experience Milan. That was my first time back after five years. Five years. So I, I like, didn't get to experience it, you know, having lived there for two years. So we're excited to go back um, and, you know, go see friends and experience Milan again and be back in the city. We've, we're going to Ireland 
okay. uh, for a wedding in July. We're going to Greece for a wedding in September. So Amazing. I'm excited. We're going to Mexico in 2023 in January for another wedding. So I'm excited too to like go back and travel and meet people where they are and, yeah. and get back to developing um, experiences and relationships. Yeah. Um, in the moment and I love the the you know we all loved and have figured out how to do it virtually and that's yeah. how we met right exactly. online through an event all this stuff but it's time to go back out on the road and exactly. see people and, and 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 experience those things again and I'm excited about that actually let me just add something um in January this year I was like I, I was supposed to go have the New Year's Eve at a, at a friend's place in Belgium but then I mm -hmm. had COVID so I was stuck at home Uh, so then I, I could, I managed to change the flights and I decided this, this remote life allowed me to just go there. I spent there two weeks. I was working remotely, but I was there with her. I was traveling on the weekend. So it was really, it, it, it changed the paradigm. How we do things, the new normal is different than the old normal, but yeah. it's, it, we can manage to make it something that we can leverage. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, we've proven that we can work truly globally and yeah. remotely and still make amazing things happen exactly. and that's awesome to be able to put yourself out there wow Rita <laughs> it's been amazing to kind of chat through your story and you've shared so much with us um, and as we close out here you know kind of finish up with a couple final questions and one is you know from one you know entrepreneur to another as you have grown through this entrepreneurial journey and it not being what you thought you were going to do growing up and now you're doing it you know what advice would you give to you know, a Gen Z or, or a millennial or anyone who's like thinking about being an entrepreneur, like what would you tell them and what advice would you give them if they ask, how do I become an entrepreneur? What that, what would that look like? What would okay. you say to them? So the tagline would be, if you hesitate to do it, um, mm -hmm. as I was describing, uh, like life is full of ups and downs. We are always struggling. One day we are good. The other day we are bad. Um, actually me and Francisca gave a TED talk on, um, uh, last year, I think it was April, uh, a TED, no, a TEDx, but yeah, uh, mm -hmm. where we described things with engineering. So it works like a sinusoid, uh, full of ups and downs. So the function where you, it's, it's mm -hmm. the, if you are up, you know, you are going down. And if you are down, you know, if it depends on you to roll up your sleeves, sleeves to go up again. So that's really what the entrepreneurial journey is. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there is a discharge of dopamine at every corner. So you just have to look for it yeah I, i love that life works as a sinusoid right the up and down <laughs> i love that that's so cool and i and i agree with you you know the the hardest thing is is rolling up your sleeves and saying you know what things aren't going well right now but we got to put in the work you can't exactly. just sit around and wait for things to come back you got to put in the work to, to to bring it back up and that you're in charge what i think was interesting when you're up you know you're going to go down but when you're down it's you on you to take to it back up. up exactly Yeah, I love that. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite questions to ask every entrepreneur is, what is your superpower? <laughs> so my superpower is having uh, really unexpected ideas. So getting out of the box and also some cringy jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I bet being around you out at a bar or just in any social setting is super fun. Just having, you know, jokes come out and, yeah. and it, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Unexpected ideas and kind of funny, cringy yeah. jokes because like your Creativity. brain is just, it kind of works a little bit different and it's exactly. fluid and flowing and you're in a flow state. And I can only imagine what it's like spending, you know, <laughs> spending time with you in different social settings. 
Oh, I love it. Rita, I've had a lot of fun getting to have you a part of Bear Nation and have you on the show today. I'm really excited. We finally got to make it work. I know when we met in October, we had the holidays and New Year stuff and all the stuff with the yeah. business happening and and uh, COVID and, and I had COVID, you know, earlier. I've had COVID three times somehow. I had twice. Um, which is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough. Um, so I'm glad we finally made it happen. How can my audience find you? Where Where can they connect with you? Uh, what, what should they be doing to learn more about you or what you and Francesca are building with Navarro Tech? Yeah, so me, you can reach me on LinkedIn, uh, Rita mm-hmm. Masurano. <laughs> uh, but Navarro, you can look for at Navarro.tech in every social media. We are uh, we have the same handle everywhere. Please mm-hmm. reach out and it's, stay tuned to our journey, to our sinusoidal journey. I, I'm yeah. sure we will have some ups and downs, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will make sure to link all that in the show notes so they can just go click and easily find you, connect, reach out if you have questions or want to get involved in the journey. I I can tell you there's a lot of great things about to happen and follow Mm -hmm. along. I'm excited to see what happens as you come around the corner of finishing a proof of concept into taking a product to market and finally seeing that experience happen. I'm going to be rooting for you all the way when that finally happens. And once we get you launched and you're out on the market, we'll have you back on to talk about that experience of finally seeing it live. Uh, good luck with the rest of the fundraising stuff. I know that can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, so keep keep up with that. And, and, you know, really excited to see where you go next and know that Bear Nation supports you and uh, we'll always be here to to, to help out any way we can. So I really appreciate you being a part you so of much. today's episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You bet. Bear Nation, thank you again for tuning in. If uh, you haven't already, make sure you go. Give us five stars. Leave us a review. It's super helpful. And until next episode, stay well and rise up. Bear Nation, once again, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Bear Necessities podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. It really does help and means a lot to us at the show. And I want to thank our friends over at Finn. Finn is a social good platform that creates employee engagement and builds culture. It's our mission to support and give back to the communities that we serve around the world. And we do this by giving every guest on our show a $10 donation to the cause of their choosing using the Finn platform. Until next time, Thank y'all. Stay well. Rise up.